Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Teams podcast. Well, hello and welcome again to a podcast here with the San Antonio Baptist Association. Uh, my name is Rick Hudson and I'm with the uh, Kingdom Expansion team uh, with SABA. Uh, we are uh, tasked with the uh, uh, the mandate of engaging God-led relationships globally. One of the relationships that we've uh, been privileged to be a part of over the last several years has been with uh, Brandon Carroll in Peru. And we're going to be talking with Brandon today and also a pastor from Oklahoma, a friend uh, from Faith Baptist Church of Hera, Oklahoma. He's been in the San Antonio area uh, with his church uh, or two, and we're going to be uh, uh, entering a conversation uh, with these guys here in a few moments of his people uh, down to work with uh, Brandon in uh, Peru, and we'll hear some about that. But we've got some other pastors on the, on the uh, line here as well. And uh, so we'll go around the room here and uh, uh, let themselves on the call as well. Andrew? Hi, this is Andrew Beto from Oak Ridge Baptist Church. And uh, I participated uh, with Brandon on several occasions. And uh, I'm just happy to be here to talk about uh, missions in the local church. I'm real quick. Uh, I'm serving at the Hills Church here in San Antonio. Uh, I have uh, served on the mission field, me and my family, for 20 years. And so it's just good getting connected with uh, Saba and the expansion team. Um, also to get, get more familiar with uh, Brandon Carroll's work uh, there in Peru. And um, yeah, this is great to be here today and catch up on uh, how we can be a part of uh, God's work uh, in um, all over the world. We also have Dr. Daryl Horn here here with us uh, today. Daryl, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to put these podcasts work and I especially feel privileged to uh, to get to serve expansion team. Well, I, uh, I'm excited about today's podcast and thank you, Rick, for being a, a team leader in our association. And I want to thank Andrew and Earl for being a part of this. And I, I want to welcome Dan from Faith Baptist Church in Hera, Oklahoma. Dan, um, Dan's quite a trooper as, as far as, as you'll hear what they were able to do working with Brandon down the Amazon. And uh, we're, we're excited about today's podcast. And if you're a church that's listening and you would like to get involved in what God is doing in Peru, we will tell you at the end of the podcast how you might be able to do that. And so, Rick, if you'll uh, get us started, uh, we'll get into some exciting stuff. You bet. Well, I wanted to also uh, welcome uh, to, to this podcast Brandon Carroll. He's kind of uh, uh, the reason that we're on this uh, this uh, uh, call together, just so we can talk about uh, the things that are going on in Peru today. So, Brandon, welcome back to the United States. I uh, just arrived recently. Uh, from Peru, and uh, we're glad to have you back in the States. But let me ask you, as we get started this morning, uh, on, on as far as your perspective and the work that you're doing there in Peru, how did working with a U.S. church uh, from Oklahoma, uh, how, did, how did working with that church extend the gospel on the Amazon? Um, thanks, thanks, Ricky, uh, with you guys this morning. Um, you know, whenever you have a, a U.S. church, um, it's always a draw on the people. 
um, especially little children. Um, and so when Dan and his church came, um, one of our goals that week was to work with children in the schools um, and was to teach them different formats of, of Bible stories, teaching it to them um, and then helping them to dramatize it or act it out um, in, in front of their uh, respective students or friends, as well as their parents. Um, and so for us that week, it was really good. Dan, Dan's group did a great job um, of teaching the Bible stories, but also teaching the students how to act out the stories they were learning. Um, and it was cool to see the parents gather around last day to see uh, their children um, acting out Bible stories and, and preaching the gospel to them. Uh, so they were very effective in what they did. Dan, uh, thank you, Brandon. Dan, I kind of have a question about this because uh, I've been privileged to go uh, and and minister overseas uh, in some of our our other, but I've never taken a group uh, from the church. How many people did you take down to Peru and and what are the logistics that you had to, uh, to, to go through to get that, that. We took nine people down there. Um, It was really pretty simple. A lot easier than I thought it would be. Uh, Brandon uh, coached me, and and I just simply got online and, and found uh, flights uh, that uh, it ended up costing us. Uh, I had the numbers down here, about a little over sixteen hundred person, and uh, about three thousand dollars. I mean, excuse me, three hundred dollars in country cost. So it was about uh, just shy of two thousand dollars a person. Uh, our people were happy to do it. A lot of it had to do with the way I presented it to them uh, in, in a very, very positive, we're pretty seasoned uh, people that have gone on a mission before and, and they knew that this would be fine. And so uh, we put up a, a sign up list. I uh, projected that this is going to be a great time. It, you can imagine when I mentioned that we're going down on the Amazon, uh, there were a lot of people that were very uh, worried about that. Just the fact that they've seen too many. Any net, uh, specials and and they thought the Amazon their life that our lives would be in jeopardy and I assured them that that was not the case and and uh, and so we we ended up with nine people and uh, it was just as simple as uh, buying the tickets, um, being able to make sure everybody got their passports that were needed, um, and then. Uh, as far as what happened in, in country, uh, Brandon took care of everything. It was all taken care of by him. Um, and so we, all we had to do is show up. And we flew from, from uh, Oklahoma City to Dallas, and then from Dallas to uh, Lima, and then from Lima to Iquitos. We left at 8 one night and arrived at 12, 12 the next uh, day. And so uh, I had to take a, a van that, that uh, Brandon had already set up for us. So we just showed up, got on the van, went from uh, Quitos to Nauta. And then from Nauta, we jumped on a boat and went uh, two more hours up the, the river uh, to a place called October. And uh, it was pretty primitive, uh, but primitive for me means kids. And quite frankly, we had beds, we had a place to stay and, and uh, and the people really enjoyed the challenge, so it was pretty pretty easy to put together. Well, that, that's exciting, you know. As a 
uh, how did how did uh, the experience bless your church? What, when your folks came home, uh, had, were they changed? Were, were things different uh, for them? Have, have they engaged more in ministry at home? I mean, d- tell me some of the the results of from your perspective as a pastor uh, about uh, taking groups like this on a mission trip. I personally feel like the only way we're going to get missionaries out there in the field is to be able to take our church, our church, and go onto the mission fields. And God has the capacity to plant a seed in them that just cannot be uh, ignored. And and so our people always come back more ready to win souls, more ready to put themselves out, uh, more ready to challenge others to uh, get involved in ministry. Um, the people that go on our mission trips are than uh, the rest of the gang in terms of knowing what God can do through them. There's just something supernatural about a place where uh, you've never been, you don't know anyone, and you have got to depend upon the Lord. And that's a great place to put people in. Uh, fear is not that makes us depend upon the Lord. You know, the Bible says, at what time I'm afraid I'll trust in you. And that's exactly what we find people doing. <clears throat> field. And so, you know, our preparation for the mission field uh, uh, had a lot to do with getting them ready for that. Uh, we had Daryl and Brandon teach us how to uh, story the Bible, uh, teach us how to get started, kind of gave us an overview. And then our people practiced. And then we went down and, and more or less did a vacation Bible school kind of a thing where we would teach Bible stories and then had a dramatization of uh the crucifixion of Christ, and that really made a big difference to them. We we were able to uh, uh, see our people come back with just a, a, a real joy in their heart. Uh, the Sunday after we come back, we always have our mission presentation while it's still fresh on their souls, and uh, and they prayed. Every one of them stood up and and testified for the Lord, and there wasn't anything shy about it, and. Uh, and so it was a great opportunity for us. I, we go on foreign mission trips every other year as a church, and we have put missions into our budgets so we can uh, offset the cost. Our people did not have to pay $2,000 a piece. I believe when it was all said and done, we had to pay about $400 a piece uh, to be able to go on a mission trip, and the church took care of the rest. And uh, that really made it possible for anyone who had a heart to go to go. And uh, and certainly that was the case with us and everything worked out well. That is great. Dan, what encouragement uh, could you give uh, to any other churches about about connecting with uh, in indigenous Amazon ministries? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll tell you what, Brandon's a joy to work with. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he knows when to be serious and he can be serious, but he is also uh quite a lot of fun. I've enjoyed his friendship. Um, and, uh, he, he can play a mediocre game of spades and, <laughs> and, uh, to encourage people to, to come out to, uh, the mission there. I have, if you follow Brandon's ministry, I think he's, he's being naturally used by God to infiltrate these people with the gospel. And, and so he's talking to a lot of people that, that, uh, and preaching to a lot of young young people that need to be touched. He's trying to open up seven churches in his city, and uh, and so there was no, no uh, lack of need. There is a lot of need for us to come and to uh, minister. Uh, in fact, 
this year we were supposed to come before we all got hit by the coronavirus and uh, the plan of attack was that we would be sharing a vacation Bible school with with a, a number of children uh, during the morning. Uh, we would be going to a coffee shop and and uh, talking, teaching English, using the Bible with a bunch of college kids in the afternoon, and I would be able to teach in the uh, in the in their um, oh, what's it called, Brandon? Uh, their Bible Institute, that's what it's called, um, in the evenings. And so uh, we had, uh, and I, my mentality on, in going on missions is just work us to death. I want our people, uh, this isn't a vacation for Jesus. I want our people to be able to go and experience sharing their faith with other people and and labor for the Father. And then we always take a day off at the end of the week. I would encourage anyone that wants to get involved in missions uh, to get a hold of Brandon. He's easy, easy to talk to and he can set up things for you. And I can assure you, you'll, you'll bring your church back uh, full of Jesus in a greater way than they, they left. Well, Dan, thank you very much for that, uh, that encouragement. That's, that's a good word. Brandon, I wonder if, uh, if churches wanted to, uh, to come down as, as uh, Faith Baptist in Hera has done, uh, how, how would they go about initiating that or how, how would they, uh, uh, do they just need to get get in contact with you and how could they do that? Yeah, they can. Um, there's, there's a couple of ways. The first is you can, since I'm in the States, you can, um, call me on my cell phone, which is four, seven, eight, three, zero, six, seven, one. Um, you can email me Brandon at IA ministries.org or, you know, I would encourage people as well to go to our website and, and on our website, um, we have our, our 10 year plan. Um, for our ministry and the vision for our ministry, where we want to go, uh, what we feel God leading us to do. So you can go to uh, AI or I, excuse me, IAMinistries.org, um, and you can look at uh, our plan for church and then our overall vision for the ministry for the next 10 years. Well, Brandon, thank you. And I, I know that, I know right now things are kind of in the air because of the, uh, uh, coronavirus crisis. I mean, that's why you you come back to the states at this point. Uh, things are really kind of unstable there in uh, Peru as far as the government and all uh, for now. However, that that things will kind of get back to normal. We're we're praying uh, soon. But how long do you th- do you think that you you might be here in the states this trip? You have any idea? You know, it's kind of up in the air. Our hope was to be back uh, at the end of August, uh, back into Peru. However, what we're hearing from the chief of staff to the president and uh, different people high up in government uh, within his cabinet is that it may be shut down the rest of the year. Um, we, we know that churches will not be able to meet for for the rest of the year um, into twenty twenty one. Um, and you know, Peru, a big part of our GDP is tourism. So we would hope that they would open the doors to Peru soon. Um, but it's still up in the air and, and really playing it week to week at the moment. Um, so we're, we're, we're up in the air too, and we really don't know what's going to happen, um, or when Peru will open up again. Okay. So, so a church like mine, for instance, I mean, we have time to be planning a mission trip, maybe in twenty. Uh, 21, 2022, uh, and it would be, uh, that would probably be a better thing than to think about coming down this summer, right? Yeah, in fact, I've, I've recommended to all of our groups to cancel for the year 
um, just because we don't know. So, you know, it gives you time. If you're thinking about coming, I would say by 2021 um, into the spring, uh, Peru will definitely be open by that time, and I think things will be back to normal. What are questions, gentlemen, that might you have for Brandon today? Question about uh, preparation. Uh, Dan, this would be a question for you. And then, Brandon, it would be a question for you also how effective the method is. Uh, Dan, you, you mentioned uh, preparing your people to, to be able to go, storytelling being one of the methods that's down where Brandon works. It's an effective method. From a pastor's perspective, could you talk a little bit about the preparation of learning the, the chronological Bible storytelling method? And that would be a question for you. And then, Brandon, a question for you is how effective is that method where, where you serve? Well, our people, um, of course, we had that one. One day, Simeon Brandon and uh, you all taught us, and then there was quite a uh, quite a lot of paperwork. You know, it's a lot to to learn. Uh, so we we uh, took a look at our our New Testament, our Old Testament, while we were uh, planning on being able to share. But the fact of the matter is, because we were dealing with children, you always deal with children with stories anyway, and it was very easy to be able to tell that the Bible so take a look at our notes and talk to them about the reality of Christ and 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 weave that Bible story just like you would when you're teaching a Sunday school class with children and uh, I found it to be very very easy um, we hit the highlights going through uh, you all uh, really prepared as well I, I I felt like the the seminar really helped us to it helped alleviate any fears that we might have had about storing the Bible. And then it was just a matter of figuring out what stories we wanted to tell for that week. And we had a different story every day. And our people just uh, prepared for it almost like they would for a vacation Bible school uh, here back at home. Um, and, uh, uh, of course, the story stays real close to the Bible line. And uh, and so um, we relaxed the whole thing. And I explained it to them just like y'all did, and that's no different than vacation Bible school or Sunday school. Just uh, tell them the story and make sure you stay close to the Bible and highlight the hot spots. And so our people also were ready. We started months before we left, and uh, I would just encourage them. We'd have a meeting. It wouldn't last very long, but be able to talk to them about what they were talking about. I had them share with each other their Bible stories and uh, and practice with each other and it was just that simple yeah uh, to, to add to daryl's question it's very effective um groups um they're either illiterate or functionally illiterate and so the way they learn is by by stories um and they're able to replicate those stories because it's natural for them, but, but beyond the, the tribal groups, in fact, one of our other missionaries that came off the river, David, uh, to settle in the city, um, he began to use the stories in his area um, in Punchana, and he actually started a church um, with it where he had over 70 members just by teaching the Bible stories in the city of Iquitos. And so I think it's not just effective in, in tribal groups where I, like we're, we're being asked by many tribal groups to come teach the stories that other people have learned or have heard. Um, 
but uh, in the city as well, when we're working with um, adults who the majority haven't graduated high school uh, in different sectors of the city, it works very well. Um, and, and, you know, in my 16 years of ministry, this has proven to be the most effective method um, to preach the gospel that, I, that I've found. Um, and I think that proves true just by the amount of requests we get to teach these different stories in other tribal groups. I'll be real honest with you. When when we uh, studied these through, I started thinking to myself, we need to use these in our Sunday school classes uh, because people now we're we're not off in the Amazon, but I I have I reach more people by stories and be be able to story the truth and be able to explain it to them that way, and and so uh, it it just really opened my eyes up to uh, the possibility of lead uh, loot. Excuse me, people here in the U.S. because uh, a lot of people do not spend very much time before in front of a book, and they like to hear stories. They're always watching video. They live on video, and, and in fact, this coronavirus uh, has really taught me that there are more people that watch videos on Facebook than will visit your church. And uh, and I, I've been absolutely shocked and reminded again of the power of being able to stories. And so it's, I think it's a tremendous tool. And, uh, and it really reaches people. Yeah, I want to add this too, Daryl. Um, for, for us who we're, we're in animistic cultures um, and fear of spirits really rules the day. And, and what we've seen is when we start out with who God is and we don't develop all of his character, the Trinity, because we, we allow the scriptly. But what we find is we have these tribal groups um, and even people in the city hooked on, on the second story. And so the first story we go with kind of God's attributes here. Here's his natural attributes that are going to come out and uh, of the scriptures uh, the second story is, is we teach about the creation of angels and, and the fallen angels. So once, once we establish with them that God is all powerful, he's all knowing um, all of the omnis um, and all of God's character that will prove true through the, through the stories um, as God reveals himself through the scriptures and we get to that second one where these spirits or so-called spirits that they fear in the jungles um, are not are not all powerful. We've got them hooked because now they're no longer um, to to these spirits. And one of the one of the examples comes from Mahunas. And so it, we noticed one time when we went out there that they had this plant, and the you know the the houses are open and the Mahunas it's thatched roofs. And they had this plant that was on each side, uh, stuck in the thatch roof on each side of, of the stairs leading in and out of their house. And so we asked the Mahunas, what is that? What is it for? And they said, well, it's to keep the bad ghost out or the bad spirit out um, from killing one of our family members during the night. And we had already gone over the river, but we didn't know this about their culture at the time we taught it the first time. So we got together and we said, well, what story can we teach to deal with this? And we, we all came up with the Passover. So we taught the Passover, uh, but we applied this into, into the story. And we come back out the next time stuck in their thatched roofs. And it, it's amazing to see how the scriptures are cross-cultural and that, that truth of the scripture um, applies into every culture of the world. And so, at, at, you know, at that point, uh, another one is Yashingo, and Yashingo is the jungle devil. 
that they fear Yashingo whenever they walk out to their farmlands, that Yashingo is going to lead them deeper into the jungles and they're never going to find their way out. Um, one more example real quick, and then I'll, I'll uh, pass it back to, to you, uh, Rick, is we visited a tribal group called, um, they, were, they were up on Tigre called Quichuas. And, and through studying their tribal group, we, we learned that the Quichuas on, along Tigre River actually believed that there were only two spirits in the world. The first one was Ligno, which is a bad spirit, and the, the other one was Tunchi, which is a good spirit. And they believed, or, or they still believe, that this world in which we roam is a spiritual dark world. And so whenever um, there was a war and the, the bad spirit, Spirit Malino killed the good spirit Tunchi, and so now there's only a bad spirit in the world. And whenever somebody dies, that bad spirit grabs them by the neck um, and will not release them until somebody finds something of treasure that every Kichwa hides in the ground somewhere and goes and gets a black dog and takes the black dog to the spot of where the treasure was buried of the person that just passed away. When they take the black dog there, then the maligno spirit will release them, uh, and then they're free. Um, and so every tribal group has their beliefs um, about, uh, you know, their religious beliefs. It's about how in the worldview, and it's just interesting. But once we tell that second story, we've got them hooked for the rest of them, because now they know where these evil spirits that they believe in came from, and they understand that they're not all powerful, but God is. Um, and so now we're changing from fear to a belief and trust in, in Almighty God. And it's just incredible to see through the stories. We're having a conversation today with Brandon Carroll, who is the president of Indigenous Amazon Ministries and a missionary in Peru, along with uh, our friend Dan Campbell, pastor at Faith Baptist Church in Hera, Oklahoma, uh, with your uh, uh, kingdom expansion team here at San Antonio. Baptist, great conversation. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, joining us today. We look forward to getting together again soon with another uh, edition, another podcast here uh, for the Kingdom Expansion team. And so until next time, thank you so much, uh, Andrew Beto and uh, Earl Quick uh, for joining us as well. Dr. Horn, thank you for hosting these uh, podcasts with Kingdom Expansion team here at San Antonio Baptist Association. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Teams podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.